This week's parasha is parasha's Kisisa. And the Pasuk says in Paraklam and Aleph Pasuk Beis, Re'ei Karasi B'Shem B'Tzalal Ben Uri Ben Chor Yehuda. That, behold, I have appointed by name B'Tzalal, the son of Uri, the son of Chor, from the Shevet of Yehuda, and I have filled him with the spirit of Hashem, with all types of knowledge, and he has the ability to be the architect of the Mishkan. He's unique. I have called him by name. He is uh, assigned this extraordinary task of building the Mishkan, building the Kalim and the Mishkan, the Aaron and the Kalim. And this is the job of B'Tzalel. The Gemara in Brachas and Dafnun and Aleph says that the reason why B'Tzalel was called by that name, beautiful name, B'Tzalel, is because when HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Meishu Rabbeinu to go and tell B'Tzalel to build a Mishkan, an Arain and Kalim, meaning first build the Mishkan, the outer, the outer structure, after that's complete, then build the Arain, and then build the vessels, the Mizbeach and the Menorah, etc., inside. So Meshur Rabbeinu went and switched it around. If you look in the Psukim between uh, Truma and, uh, and, and Kisisa, you'll find that there is like a difference in order. Very strange. Meshur Rabbeinu commands him to first build, um, to first build the, the Kalim, and then after that to build the Mishkan, to build the outer wall. First build the actual Kalim, and then put the, put the Mishkan around it. So Pitzalel says to him, Meshur Rabbeinu, the minig of the world, the way that the world works, is that first you build a house, and then after you build a house, then you order your refrigerator, and you order your couches, and you order your, your, uh, your coffee table, and you put your svarim in it. Nobody like says, okay, listen, I bought a piece of land, going to build a house here. Before I build a house, let me order all the furniture. I'll just keep it like around in the rain. And then after that, we'll build a house and then put the furniture. Nobody does that. So Meshur Rabbeinu was very impressed by the fact that B'Tzalel chopped this and that he understood that Hashem's Ratzon was the other way as it was actually instructed to be done to first build the house, the Mishkan, and then the Kalim inside of the Mishkan. And Meshur Rabbeinu commented that Shema B'Tzel Kel HaYisa V'Yadata Meshur Rabbeinu said to B'Tzel, maybe you were B'Tzel Kel, maybe you were in the shade, in the shadow of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that you knew this. You were able to chop this, you were able to be aimed on this side of the proper order. I switched it around to test you. That's the way the Mepharshim, a lot of them explain this. Meshur Rabbeinu switched it around to see if B'Tzel was able to chop this. He was, and then he was. He earned the designation of Bitzalel, Bitzel El. You were in the shadow of Hashem, and you knew this. You knew the proper order of things. So we have to understand here 
what is going on? Why was he called Bitzalel Hashem this? What was the uniqueness of Bitzal that he was able to see the proper order of things and to that he deserved the special name of Bitzalel? And it seems that he was the one that was tapped to build the Mishkan, to build the Kalim of all the other people because he had this unique uh, ability to understand the proper order of things. There's a fascinating Gemara in Sanhedrin. When we picture B'Tzalel, you know, you would think that he must be a seasoned architect. He must be somebody that's very old and that's very skilled in his ability to build all these intricate kalim, the Mishkan and the, the Menorah, the Kaftairah, the Frachaha, all of this is all precision work. This is not just building a you know, very, very uh, primitive type of structure. This is all very precise artisan's work. You see the picture of the Mishkan book. You see all of the tapestries and all of the, the detail that went into every single part of the Mishkan, from the Aron with the Kruvim, to the Menorah, to the Mizbeach, to the Shulchan, to, uh, to the Krushim and to the, the Adonim, all of these things were very precise. The measurements were precise. It was all Biyad Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Meish Abenu to tell B'Tzal exactly how to do everything, and he did it perfectly. How old was this B'Tzal? He must have gone to you know, major schooling for many, many years and learned by the finest artisans in Italy and France to be able to pull this off. But the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, Andaf Samachtes Mebez, that Betzalel was a bar mitzvah bacher. Betzalel was all of 13 years old when he was assigned to be the one to build the Mishkan. Which is an amazing thing, right? To, to task a young bar mitzvah bacher, you know, who doesn't really know too much about anything at that point, and he was the one that was supposed to build everything. How did you do that? How did you assign this? I remember that I once went with my father, El Vashalom, and uh, we were in Yerushalayim, and we went to a certain, uh, they used to have, I don't know if they still have it, it was like an artist gallery. It was called Chutzot Yotzer. It was right by the old city, by opposite Shariafo, on the other side of the street, there was like a, an artist gallery, and there was a, uh, many different shops, and there was a, a famous Israeli artist who made beautiful tapestries for the wall, and my father wanted to buy one, and I was with him, and I think she wanted to sell him a different one. And he asked me, do you like it? I said, no, I like that one better. And she didn't want to sell him that one for some reason, I don't know why. But I remember she said, and I was probably bar mitzvah around the time, so she says, you're putting a tremendous uh, um, weight on such small shoulders, I mean, he's a little kid. What are you trusting him for? Like, what are you trusting him to make this decision? You choose. And let me explain to you how you're going to choose and what you should choose. And my father, Baruch Hashem, went with the one that I chose, and it's still hanging in our house in Long Beach. Um, but imagine the weight that was on the shoulders of young B'Tzalel, not just to choose uh, what to pick out, but to actually build everything to put everything together so that it works. You have to build it and that it, then it ultimately has to work, meaning that the Aaron has to be a mother for the Shechina, it has to pl- be a place on the Kruvim, Beina Kruvim, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Mashur Shechina. 
and the miracles that happen with the Menorah and with the Mizbeach and with the Shulchan that the Lechem upon him stays hot, you'll see for a second, you know, you'll see down the road as soon as it's built and put into operation whether or not the thing works. It's one thing to make it look good, but if you really did it right, it's going to have Nisim performed. And that was a, a tremendous burden on young Bitzal's shoulders. So why was Bitzal? There must have been older people in Klai Yisrael that were better at doing artisan craftsmanship than Bitzalel. But yet they chose Bitzalel. Why? And what I'd like to suggest is that Bitzalel had a tremendous Milo over everybody else. The Milo that Bitzalel possessed was youth. When somebody is young, then they have this ability to think that they could do everything. And they don't get jaded so quickly. They're not like burned out right away. Like you get old when you're later in life and you know you see the, all of the realities of life. And it tends to make a person more realistic and more pessimistic often. When you're young, you still have the ability to think and to feel positive thoughts, joyous thoughts. You're happy. Youth are, young people are generally happy. There's a story about the Briskarov. The Briskarov was once walking with somebody in Yerushalayim and they passed by uh, a, a yeshiva, like a cheder, and it was recess time and the children were all running around and playing and kicking balls around soccer and you see sometimes if you walk you know, throughout Eretz Yisrael, you see the kids, how happy they are to be playing ball and to be engaging in, 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 in their free time and in activities that are, and they're happy. So the Briskarov says, do you see how happy children are? I'll tell you why they're so happy. You don't see adults happy. Even when adults are playing football or basketball, they're not happy. They're all like looking so serious. But when children play ball, they seem very happy. Why is that? So he says, because they are very close to being born. The closer you are to birth is the closer you are to your Sherish HaNeshama. When a person's Neshama was in Gan Eden, it was happy. HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes that Neshama, brings it down to earth, and it still is happy for a certain amount of time. And so a young person maintains the Simcha Sachayim because it feels like still a fresh part of the world. It feels like it's just a new being that was taken from, from Shemayim. And in Shemayim there's happiness. It's a place of happiness. So in this world, children are happy, or they should be happy, because they're still able to tap into where their neshama came from. And then I'll... Unfortunately, very often, the longer you live on this world, the more upset you get about things, the more depressed, the more jaded, the more despondent. Uh, you know, the Sahara has his day with you, and then bills and, and, and obligations and responsibilities. And before you know it, people get very full of worry. But when you're young, you're happy. And that's a critical component of building the Mishkan, because we know that ein ha-shechina shayra, the shechina is not shayra, it doesn't rain, it doesn't rest. Lo'y mitayich atzlus, not when you're lazy, v'lo'y mitayich atzvus. When you're sad, you're not going to have ashras ha-shechina. Ela mitayich simcha shal mitzvah. 
when you're happy and you're joyous and you feel excited about mitzvahs, that's when the Shechina can come and rest on a person. B'Tzalel was charged with building a mother L'Shechina, a place that the Shechina was going to rest. In order for that to happen, he had to put in all of the kavanas, which will make the place that he was building one that's hospitable to the Shechina. What makes a place hospitable for the Shechina to be Shaira? Simcha. You have to be happy. B'Tzalel had this ability to be happy, and that's why I believe he was the one that was put in charge of the Mishkan. But there is one problem with somebody that's young. And what's that? When you're young, as excited as, as you are, and as happy as you are, as joyous as you are, but you lack a certain experience that comes with age. I wouldn't trust a, a child uh, you know, to drive a car because even though you know, he might know how to drive a car, but you don't feel like he has the... He doesn't have the experience to drive a car. He doesn't have the ability to always be uh, mature about things and see things with a certain sense of responsibility, to understand uh, the lessons that life offers because he hasn't seen enough of life. So a child has the myla of simcha. He's excited, but yet normally children are not able to do a lot of things because they don't have the experience. We don't trust a child to, to, to have major responsibilities, to run a big company or to, uh, or to operate certain machinery or to, because they're, they're not experienced enough. We're afraid that the, the, the recklessness of youth is going to make them do things that are irresponsible. And that's true. We find that all the time. You can't necessarily, it's not wise to trust children to do certain errands or to do certain tasks because they're happy, they're excited, they're, they're you know, optimistic, but they don't have the experience of life that's necessary to complete the task. So Meshach Rabbeinu says, listen, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants B'Tzalel to be the person that's going to build the Mishkan, then he's the man. I'm not going to, I can't argue with him. He's Bar Mitzvah, he's old enough, he's a Gadol, but I'm a little concerned that he might not have the experience necessary to know exactly how to do it responsibly, to do it well, to do it with all of the, all of the maturity and all the kaivad reish, the soberness that, that is necessary to accomplish a great task. So Meishu Rabbeinu tested him by asking him the simple question. He says, are you ready to build the Arin and the Kalim and then the Mishkan? Out of order. And B'tzalel said to him, this is not the way people do it in life. This is not the way people do it in, in, in the real world. Like we said before, B'tzalel says, is this the Darka Shalom? And Haggah Shalom is not this way. The Minigah is that first the person builds a house and then puts furniture in the house. They don't first build the furniture and then build a house around the furniture. That's not the way people work. Meaning that B'tzal wasn't just, okay, fine, you told me to do it, I'll do it. He wanted to think about it. He was able to be loimei davar mitaych davar. He was able to apply lessons of life in the world and incorporate those lessons, those realities into the Mishkan. Meaning he was mature way beyond his age, beyond his years. 
And as soon as Moshe Rabbeinu saw this, he says, Shema Betzel Kel you're Betzalel. You're able to live in the shadow of Hashem. What does that mean in the shadow of Hashem? What is a shadow? A shadow is that you have something and it casts a shadow over here. You have one thing over here and it basically casts its, its effects elsewhere. You're able to see something here and apply it elsewhere. That's what a tzel is. Tzel is that it's not just here. It starts here and it does something else there. Bitzal was able to see the Minaga Elam and say, I see from here that we have to apply this to the Mishkan. That's Bitzal. Bitzal is he's not just an artist. He's not just a youthful artist, but he's a youthful artist that's able to blend with him the maturity of adulthood, the maturity of an experienced person to see other things in life and say, okay, we have to apply that here. We have to be mature. You know what Rashi says? That you're You're able to see one thing and apply it to something else. You don't need to know everything in life. In life, it's, no one can know everything in life. But what you do need in life, and you learn this the more you, that you mature, is that I, I learn from experience what to do and what not to do in other circumstances that come up. That's maturity. Maturity is that I'm able to remember, oh wait, this happened, when I did it that way, it didn't work out, I'm going to try it this way next time. If I keep on doing it the same way, that's not going to work. But I have to learn from my mistakes and do it different in, the other, in, in another time. So B'tzalel, the beauty of B'tzalel was that he had the, the simcha of youth, and he was able to combine it together with the maturity of adulthood. And with that, he was able to build the Mishkan Hashem. Contrast that, by the way, parenthetically, with Shimon and Levi. Shimon and Levi, uh, how old were they? Chazal tell us that they were also Bar Mitzvah Bachram. When they went and attacked Shechem, they were just Bar Mitzvah boys. And when Yaakov Avinu gave them Musr at the end of his life, Shimon Levi Achim Klechamas Mecheresehim. Rashi brings that they were that this whole Musr Shmuz that he was giving them for what they did against Shechem was rash and reckless, because as youth, very often youth do things that are reckless. They do things that are rash. They don't think about things. They just do it. As an adult, you know, you realize you can't just do things recklessly. You have to think about it. it take a little time and, and plan it out. But when you're children, children don't do things so organized. They do things just on a whim. And they want to do something, boom, they do it. And they very often get in trouble for doing it that way. How many things did we do when we were kids that, you know, that Baruch Hashem, I remember things that I was, you know, almost this close to doing. And Baruch Hashem, the Ebesh stopped me. But if I had done it, I would have regretted it for the rest of my life. Because sometimes you, you don't think so much when you're a child. You do things that are, you know, rash and irresponsible. Shimon and Levi, they are by Mitzvah Yaakov says, you can't do what you did. You can't just go and, 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 and kill a whole city of, of people, Becherev. They were young. And, and, and so, you know, they did it. But that wasn't proper. But Saul was also the same age. He was a Bar Mitzvah Bacher. But as a Bar Mitzvah Bacher, he was able to understand 
how he has to take experience from life, which he, he had. He had that Chachma. Kedush Baruch Hu gave him that Chachma, and he was able to apply that to building the Mishkan. So he had everything. He had this perfect blend of Simcha, of youth, and also the maturity, the wisdom of adulthood. There's a Svardish uh, expression that's brought in the, in, in the Svarm of Kadmainim of Svard, that pre hamehiros charata, the fruit of mehiros, of, of, of haste, the fruit of haste, meaning what's the outcome when you do something too fast? Charata, you end up regretting it. You regret things. When you do things, you know, let's say a person is speeding in a car. You're speeding and speeding and speeding. You're going to regret that because ultimately it's got, we know these things don't end very well. Besides forgetting a lot of, uh, a lot of tickets you know, with the cameras, but chas v'shalom, a person get into an accident because they're speeding. Very often, who's speeding? Kids. Because you're, you know, you, they don't understand that you know, it's fun. I want to do it. I get a thrill out of it. I get a high from it. That's very nice. But what are you doing? You're creating a, a situation that's going to lead to tremendous charata. Priha mehirut charata. That's what the Sfardish Gedalim used to say. And that's lachshav machshaves. You have to think about things. Pitzal had the ability to be youthful, but yet also to think things through, to have things planned out appropriately, to know what the minagayalam was and to apply it in the Mishkan. This is something that's very important for us as Bnei Yeshiva to remember. There is a, um, a very big correlation between the Mishkan and our bodies. If you look in, in Reb Chaim Velazhner's Sefer, Nefesh HaChaim, he says that the, the main point of the Mishkan was not really uh, the building, the edifice itself, but it was the ability to go into a Mishkan, to see the Ashras HaShchina in it, and then to say that I also am a mobile Mishkan. I'm a walking Mishkan. And the Mishkan was really even designed very similar to the human body, as he describes there. But inside we have a heart, we have a, just like we have a Kedesh HaKadoshim in the Mishkan, we also have a Nefesh and a, and a heart inside of us. And then we have the body, we have the extremities, and different things are symbolized in the Mishkan. But the main point of the Mishkan was for us to apply it ourselves and to take lessons from the Mishkan to our own lives, and to say that we, in our own bodies, should be a makim, a mother for the Shechina, a place that the Shechina feels comfortable. I want to rest inside of you. I want to be mashrim in every one of you. We're all a Mishkan that's walking around, but we have to understand that just like B'Tzalel was youthful, he was happy, but yet he was also at the same time very mature to build the Mishkan, we have to be that way also. We have, Baruch Hashem, I'm not talking about myself really, I'm talking about you. You have the ability to use your youth. The greatest gift that you have is youth. Once you have, there's a famous expression, I'm sure you all heard it, that the youth is wasted, youth is wasted on the young. Because when you're young, you don't really appreciate 
what you have. You don't appreciate your happiness and your vitality and your ability to be healthy and, to, and strong and to be a dreamer. That's something that you have when you're, when you're young, but you don't appreciate it because you're too young to really hop how valuable that is. It's only when you get old and gray, you look back and say, wow, why didn't I appreciate when I was young, the youth? I remember once studying in an economics class, there was a, a famous uh, economist. He's one of the most famous economists. His name is Milton Friedman. I don't know if he's alive anymore, but he was like the god of economics. And he said once, this is, I remember, he said, he says that really, he says the, the tragedy of, of life is that when you're young, you don't have money to enjoy what you, you know, you, you can, the things that you can enjoy, you can't afford. And then later in life, when a person builds up a business and he's able to afford things, by then he can't enjoy them because, you know, he's already old. So good, when you're, you know, you're in your 90s in Boca, now you, you have a couple of million dollars stashed away, but you can't enjoy it. And when you're young and you could enjoy it, you don't have the money. So he said that really, in theory, a person should borrow a lot of money in his youth to enjoy, enjoy life and then pay it back later, you know, spend the later years paying back his chayvis of his youth when he can, because he's not going to enjoy it then anyway. This is just his, you know, his dimyon that he, uh, that he was creating. But the point is that he's right in a certain way that, that youth is wasted on the young. When we're young, we don't appreciate everything that we have. We don't do everything that we can. We don't appreciate the minds that we're given and the, the spontaneousness that we have and the ability to do great things and to dream large. We don't have that. But when we're older, but when we're, when we're young, we have to realize that you have this ability to be, and, and you, should, you should really squeeze out every ounce of youth. The saddest thing, you know, as mashkiach and the yeshiva is, when you see people like waking up late in the morning, every morning, you know, once in a while, you know, you have Yitzhar, you slept late, you got to sleep late the night before, but you see like young guys and they're sleeping you know, until 10 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning. Like, what are you doing? Like, you, you should be getting out of bed, jumping out of bed, davening, learning, whatever you want to do, but just do it. Like, be alive. You're young. You have the ability to use your youth and your energy and your vitality in great ways. So what are you wasting it in bed for? You're wasting it in bed. It's like the, I think, one of the great Hasidic Rebbe's said that he doesn't sleep on Shabbos. Why doesn't he sleep on Shabbos? Because it's said that Napoleon never slept. He slept very little. He says, because when I'm sleeping, I'm no longer the emperor. When I'm sleeping, I'm just, um, I'm just, you know, just lying there. I'm nothing. He says, so I want to be the emperor for as many hours of the day that I can. I'm the melech. When I'm sleeping, I'm not a melech. I'm like everybody else. But when I'm awake, I'm a melech. So this person says, on Shabbos, I'm a melech. So I want to chop my malchus in as, as many hours of Shabbos as I can. So he practically never slept on Shabbos. Maybe a cat nap here and there. But he wanted to be awake and alive as much as he could. When you're young, you should be able to be so awake and so alive. And you don't want to sleep. I want to do. I want to learn. I want to chazer. I want to be able to build, to dream, to, you know, to, to, to accomplish. 
if it's in learning, learning. If it's in, if it's in, in, in your professional life, professional life. If it's building a business, build a business. If it's doing chesed, join Hatzalah, join Chaverim. Do, but do, don't waste your life. Youth is something that's tremendous. It's a, it's a commodity that people are so envious of you for. When you get old, the old people walking around are staring at you like envious of you. I remember, and I've said this, I think, not too long ago, when I, was, when I was about your age, I did a seed program in California for two summers. And I gave shiurim, you know, to a group of people, uh, some old, some young, and it was a great summer. Both of them were great summers. Um, and at the end of uh, the summer, like, they made me a goodbye party, as soon as prayed to me and my friends, and an old, very wealthy man called me over to the corner at, during, this, during the, this whole party. And he came to every shear, he was loving it, and he said, I want you to know something. He says, he says, I'm a very wealthy man. I have a big mansion here in, uh, in California with its own swimming pool, with this, with that. He says, but I can't enjoy it. He said, I'm too old. He looks at me like he takes me by the lapel and he says, I want to be like you. I want to be young again. I want to be young. I'll give all my money. I just want to be young again. I want to be able to learn. I want to be able to daven. I want to be, I wasted so much of my life and now I'm older and I can't enjoy it anymore. I want to be young. How do I be young again? And there's no answer. It's a, it's a question that has no tshuva. There's no answer to that question. There's no... Because you can't. You cannot turn back the clock. So when you're young, you have to hop around. You can't waste your youth by being depressed and walking around like a schlump and being like, I don't know, I'm not in the mood, not down for this, not down for that. Take life by the horns and be happy. Be excited. That's what youth is. Youth is not people. It's not an old age home. I always felt like if Lander College, you know, fails, we can. Always, it's a perfect old age home. You know, we have uh, we have beds right there. It's flat. You can make. You know, you have elevators here. You can make a nice dining room. You have a bingo game here once in a while. It's a it's a nice nursing home here. But sometimes Lander College could look like a nursing home also. You don't have to wait till what's the chilek? So guys are sleeping in the dorm. Whether you're you're instead of being uh, ninety years old, so you're nineteen years old. So what's the chilek? It's 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 also a nursing home. It shouldn't look like a nursing home. We should be we should people should be like running around. It should be like a beehive of activity here. You should be learning and pushing and growing and and steiging and exercise everything. It shouldn't be like like you know. Don't waste your youth. Don't waste it. So we have our youth, Baruch Hashem. I'm not, again, I'm not talking about myself. I know you're looking at me like, no, you don't. But, or at least in my mind, you know, everything is relative, by the way. People that are very old look at me like I'm still young. And I look at you like you're still young. And, and you look at little kids as they're young. You know, so everything in life is relative. And there's truth to it. I'm sure people, you know, in Boca when, who are in their 80s feel young relative to people in their 90s. I don't know. But that's the reality. So, but you are, Lamaisa, you are young. I might, you know, think I'm young, but you are young. And when you're young, you have to be able to appreciate your youth. Like B'Tzal was able to be Masher the Shechina 
because he had the ability to be besimcha with his youth, like the Biskarov said, that you're still shayach to the Rabbanisham, to the Kiseyach Kavad, your neshama is still fresh, you got to capitalize on that. But at the same time, we have to learn from B'Tzalel, you have to be lachshav machshavis. Just because you're young does not mean that you can't, that you, that you shouldn't be thinking. And you should do things recklessly. And you should just like say, I don't know, but we'll figure it out later. You have to make machshavis, you have to be able to be calculating when you're young. And to be able to figure out a mahalach in life to protect your future and to also protect your, your, your body, which is the part, your mishkan, your personal mishkan has to be protected. And that involves um, being able to be very, um, very careful about your safety. You know, there's, uh, there's psukim in the Torah, b'nishmartem o'edlan afshesechem. You have to protect your health. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave you a body, and you have to protect it. And youth very often does not protect their body. They start smoking, they, smart, they drink, and they go on drugs, and they do crazy things, and all the stuff is so dangerous. And when you're young, you know, it's the cool thing to do. It's cool. You know, smoking is cool. I mean, today, maybe it's not so cool. When I was a bacher, it's like, it was a cool, the guys that smoke were like, wow, he's a smoker. And, and people get, very, and that's an yeshiva. You know, imagine in a, you know, in a public school or whatever, people are, you know, that's, that's the whole thing. And you have to be very, very careful because you have to protect yourself. You have to protect your body. You have to protect your mind. You have to protect your future. When you're driving, you have to drive carefully. You can never obviously drive you know, in any state of intoxication or anything. It's, it's, that's, that goes, the Rabbi Shalom wants you to protect your body. You have to protect your neshama. You have to protect everything about you. There's a beautiful letter that the Briskarov once wrote to a certain yeshiva bacher who was in the hospital and he didn't want to eat everything in the hospital. He thought it wasn't perfectly kosher. And, uh, but it was very important for him to get nutrients into his body. So the Briskarov wrote a letter to him. And we have the letter. It says that, I hear that you're being very overly machmir about what you're eating in the Beis HaCholim, in the hospital. And on this, I'm writing you a letter that you should listen to what your doctors say. And don't hold back anything that will be affecting your health because all this is considered pikuach nefesh, that you can't be machmer when it comes to pikuach nefesh. And this is one of many, many, you know, letters that we have from different G'daylam, the importance of protecting your body, the importance of protecting your life. And so that's what a, a youthful Yeshiva Bachar should be. You have to be youthful, energetic, excited to be able to do everything. I could do anything that I want, but don't do things rashly. Think things through. Make sure that it makes sense. Plan out your life appropriately. Think now about what you want to do in your future. A lot of times we don't make good decisions about you know, what we want to do or the type of girls that we want to, girl that we want to marry or the type of uh, people that we're hanging around with. So we're doing a lot of things that are youthful, but they're not, they're not intelligent. A bentire is supposed to have the, take both milas. 
like B'tzal did, be able to have the simcha sachayim of a youth and at the same time the maturity, the responsibility that B'tzal showed by his understanding and being laimei davar mitoich davar. That's what a perfect Yeshiva Bachar is. Happy, excited, getting up, zrizos, being able to stay in the base matters late at night, learning, chazering, writing, dreaming, big dreams. All of you should have like a, a huge dream about what you want to do with your life, what you want to accomplish, where you want to live, what you want to do, organizations <coughs> that you want to start, how many times you want to finish Shas, how many times you want to finish Mishnah Bura, how many times you want to, you know, the Smicha and the, the Dayanus, whatever you want. You can do anything that you want. You have to just start the plan and then implement it. But it has to be also with a sense of Kaivid Reich, with a responsibility to make sure that whatever we're doing, we're asking our Abayim, getting their guidance, their input, their, you know, their approval. And when we're able to blend all of that together, we'll be perfect. But we have to be able to really understand what we have. Right now, you're at, I know that you think you're not at the epicenter of your life yet. You know, it's, it's going to happen soon. When I get married, that's when life is going to really, you know, start accelerating. That's when it's going to be geschmack. When I have kids, when I get my job, when I get it, when I make my first million, when I, when I finish Shasta, all these things, we're always pushing, you know, we think that life is going to happen at a later point in, you know, down the road. But I'm here to tell you today that you're wrong. Whoever thinks that way, and I'm sure I thought that way when I was your age also, but you're wrong. Your life, the best part of life, the sweet spot of life, is right now. It's today. It's today. Don't wait. It's not going to get better. When you get married, it's not going to get better. When you have kids, it's not going to get better. There's going to be, you know, miles to being married. There's going to be miles to having children. There's miles of being in a community. That's great. But all the people that are married, all the people that have families, all the people that, are, that made it, they're looking at you jealous. They're looking at you envious that, wow, you have it all. You're young, you're, you're, you're strong, you're vital, you have the future in your hands, you have you know, unlimited potential. At this point in your life, this is when you have to understand that this is when, it, don't waste it, don't squander it. Sleeping and walking around depressed and being you know, tired and complaining, Leave that for your olden days. That, that, you know, there'll be plenty of time for that. When you're young, just take life and enjoy it, appreciate it, understand it. Be youthful with responsibility. But that's what B'tzal teaches us. If we want to build our own Mishkan Hashem, if we want to be healthy and strong and wise and productive and creative and ambitious like B'tzal was, there's no one like B'tzal then we have that ability in us to do all of that and more. We just have to set our minds to it. We could build ourselves into the most amazing Mishkan Hashem, a mobile Mishkan Hashem that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to be Masher Shechina in us. He wants to make us into a G'dayim that we could be, but it's up to us to capitalize on all the gifts that we have right now. We might not have any money in our pockets, any money in the bank, it's fine, you don't need any. You have youth, you have, you're a billionaire in terms of, in terms of time. You have time on your side, Baruch Hashem.
but time goes by quickly and it's wasted very easily. And the more that you're able to understand that and, and be able to really squeeze out of life everything in your youth, the more that you'll be able to be great later. A lot of times, like we see G'day Yisrael, and we think, you know what, they became G'day, Rav Shach became a Gadol, you know, when, probably when he was 90, right? When he was 90, that's when he became the head of this political party, and he became, you know, he wrote, the Aviezris were put out, like in the 70s maybe, and whatever, so I still have time. Rav Shach didn't become a Gadol in his 90s, Rav Shach became a Gadol in his teens, he just happened to build on what he did in his teens and in his 20s the rest of his life. He built and he became you know, greater and greater. Chavetz Chaim, these are people, they didn't just become Gedalim because they, you know, at, at 80 years old, maybe they became world famous at, at, you know, later in life. But they were building and building and building upon what they were when they were your age. The more that you could chaperai now learning and dreaming and building and growing and planning and, and, and being innovative and being excited about your future, the more that you could do that right now, the greater you're going to be when you're my age, when you're in your, you know, in your olden age. That's all going to be a, a direct consequence of what you're doing today. And the people that are not here today in this room and whatever they're doing, I don't care what they're doing, but if they're not here, then they're not getting this all-important lesson in life. I feel bad for them. I always say, and I've said it, I think I said it last week, that the, the, the greatest, you know, the saddest part of this job is that the people that I'm speaking to don't need my, don't need my musr, and the people that I'm not speaking to are not here to hear my musr. But... So they're, they're sleeping, they're wasting their time, they're not here, they're not doing what they should be doing, and that's going to have a ripple effect throughout their life, Rahman al-Litzan. You are here, that means that you, you know, even though it's you know, the week of Purim and it's Shabbos and it's coming, and you came here, that means that you're alive. It means you got out of bed this morning, you're awake, you're not in a nursing home, you realize that you know, you're here to learn and to grow and to, and to blossom. And so that's nine-tenths of the battle. Now you, gotta, you just got to continue to do that, build on it, act responsibly with your goof, with your nefesh, with your future, and amidst Hashem, you will be a tremendous Mishkan Hashem, each in your own way.